Hey guys, another episode during the quarantine of Talk About That. I'm John. Hey, I'm Johnny. And uh, we're doing this a little differently than usual.、Uh, we are actually Zooming this meeting and recording over Zencaster. Zooming a meeting? I don't like the way you. Zoom and Zencaster? <laughs> Zowie! Not sponsors, <laughs> unfortunately. Man, if you had Zoom stock before this week or t- last week, wouldn't you be? Oh, you're sitting you ready, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're trying to adhere to、uh, the guidelines and、uh, have some social distancing. And so you may hear, because it is going over the worldwide interwebs, there are times that you may hear a little bit of in there. If you do, we apologize for that. We're doing the best we can. That's what the Zoom means. It means that's noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah, we're,、uh, I may put on a mask from time to time. That's just because that's how vigilant I am. Johnny、this. really is, man. Yeah. I'm trying、he、to put on a mask、him. when he takes gonna, a shower. We're going to flatten this curve. It's the last <laughs> thing I do. I don't know. But、uh, yeah. It is, it, it's a crazy time to live in, Johnny. It really is a little,、uh, it's, a, it's different than anything else we've ever experienced. Yeah, I think so.、Uh, it'll be interesting.、Uh, somebody said what, like, how boring people's stories are going to be after this because we're all kind of like, you don't know what I went through. I had to sit in my house for 12 days. You know, it's like we're so, we're so like, but I know some people are experiencing like a lot of different things. Like everybody's going through it, but everybody's experiencing it differently. Some people have lost jobs and stuff. So I would never make light of that, but it's just like people's, I don't know, I feel like people's、uh, horror stories of it. It's just like, we had to watch Netflix all day. Yeah. Potato <laughs> chips. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, Laura's job is, is like, Totally been crazy busy because of it. And she works in healthcare, you know,、yeah. so everything is, is up in the air. And then my job has been kind of busy too since because of it and all of the daily videos and calls. I mean, I had a three hour tech call, you know, this morning on things.、Uh, I mean, this is Easter week, you know, in the church、Easter、world.、Week. So it just affects、that's、everybody our, so different. That's the Super Bowl, John, in the church world. <laughs> that's what we say. That's the Super well, Bowl. Well, isn't also, though, the Super Bowl kind of our Super Bowl? Because、sure. we, we, we watch those two. Yeah. That's right. Back when there was a Super Bowl. Yeah. I wonder if they say、yeah. that in football. Guys, this is our Super Bowl this week. <laughs> we know, coach. We've been, yes, we get it. We get it. We just did interviews all week、well, about says, this. This is like our Easter, you guys. So get ready because. <laughs> no, you find those football players. <laughs> guys, guys, this is a big deal. This is our Easter. God, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, my God. We just gave somebody an idea out there. We did. Great. I don't know. I'm trying to learn all this tech stuff because I'm going to try to launch a video show this week. I've been doing, we did a simulcast. Or some kind of video cast with、uh, my buddy John Branion and Bob Smiley, fellow comics. And it was fun. It was kind of the most normal I've felt since all this happened. You know, we were able to kind of just cut, cut up with each other and be silly. And, but it is weird because you're in a different room than each other and you're not hearing an audience. We're like running bits and stuff for each other. And it's weird, but it was cool. We had people commenting. So we're、yeah. doing that again Wednesday. So watch for that on my Facebook page if you follow me. And if you don't follow me, go follow me and I'll be posting a link to that. So it'll be a live thing where you can, it'll be very interactive. And we actually have a special surprise guest that, that has confirmed that's a big deal that's going to sing a song. So, oh, wow. You're、uh, not supposed to tell everybody I was going to do that. It's a surprise, no, it's Johnny. A, it's going to be your、oh. Super Bowl, John. Get ready. <laughs> This is my Easter. <laughs> It is. It's your Easter. No, we,、well, uh, it'll be fun, though. But we're talking about、really cool. everybody's learning on、yeah. the fly, like you say, with the online services, and, and we're all kind of figuring it out, which you guys had some glitchiness this past Sunday. It, was, it got a little wonky, John. I don't well, want to be, I'm not trying to have a critical spirit about it. Yeah. But I switched churches. 
<laughs> midstream. I literally switched midstream. I was like, you know Mid, what? It, Maybe yeah. I'm a Calvinist now. And I went on over. Yeah, I checked out down the road. <laughs> you can't think of a Calvinist church. <laughs> You're like, I checked out first Calvinist. <laughs> Presbyterian. <laughs> No, there's a there's a thing like you set up multiple laptops and you're kind of like you're church hopping, you know. You feel you feel good about <laughs> it. Really it. You're like, is. Let's see who's who's talking about tithing. All right, keep flipping. You know, you just keep going till you find one that's like, all right, this feels good. This feels right. We had a He's we had a video. We had a Zoom call with our small group last night, and uh, one of them was like, "Yeah, we've got it opened up on like five devices, you know, to help the numbers, you know." <laughs> Everybody looks like, <laughs> "I said, look, as long as all five of those are paying tithe, we're good." That's you know? great, man. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's churches out there that are doing that. They're fudging their numbers in some way. That's a Gosh, weird. man, I do have pastor friends who, and I love them dearly, and I don't say anything. I have pastor friends. I want you to name names, John. We don't have conversations that in the first two minutes that they don't tell me what their latest numbers were. Yeah. Whether, in fact, they did it. We had a talk the other day about they were, you know, live streaming or whatever. And they immediately started trying to find out what the numbers are to tell me. I was like, and I know they're just wanting to celebrate, you know, that's kind of a probably, I don't know. I just, I try, I try to avoid numbers. to To kind of like, here's my achievement or here's the, here's the data to back up what we're doing. Well, I mean, we're actually more well attended online than than we are in person. I told the group last night, I was like, you know, the deal is any given week, I believe in American church or at least in Mount Juliet or the Nashville area right now between youth sports and between allergies uh, and between vacations or holidays, any given week, 30% of the people who think of the church at Pleasant Grove as their home are gone for one of those three reasons, sickness, uh, travel, or uh, some some other sort of holiday thing. And so we... Right now, no one can go anywhere. So as I tell them, I was like, really, every week is Easter for us right now. Everyone's showing up every week because they're not out doing those other things. So come on, Johnny. Every week's Easter. Every week is our Super Bowl. Right until football comes back. And then, (laughs) sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Sorry about that. Titans are playing again. Yeah. (laughs) I got to get there early. Yeah, (laughs) it's all right. I see you have somebody crawling behind you. You had somebody just crawl uh, behind you. Is that your you don't get this in the normal. That's oh uh, well. Who else would it be? It's not Laura. You know, it's not my mom. I mean, she's back there crawling on the floor. I couldn't tell. I thought it was like a back. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm in the bedroom right now. Yeah, uh, because it's one of the only spaces I can find. So so here's the deal. I did the live opening yesterday with Andrew. Mm-hmm. I was from my house. We did a Zoom call. And uh, you're talking about some of the glitchiness stuff. So before we were all testing it and I went up into the bonus room and I realized that for somehow I had noticed that two lights were out in the ceiling fan up there. So I go grab a bulb. They're like those Edison bulbs. And I stand up on a stool. Of course, it's wobbly. And, you know, you know me, I'm a picture of grace and athleticism. Sure. But it, it wasn't looking as such at the moment. And I stuck the bulb up in there. And Johnny, it sparked like big sparks flew out of the ceiling fan down on me and the whole thing went dark. And oh. so I looked at the bulb and it turns out it had a different size. Uh, it was a different size bulb. Like it was a, a narrow. Base, right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why though that would yeah. have done what it did, but I have fried, I completely fried the ceiling fan 15 minutes before church as I'm trying to get the perfect shot set up with some lighting for what I had to do. And so I didn't even tell my wife to after church. I was like, well, and so I went up there and tested it. It's gone. It's gone, man. Ceiling oh, fan's we'll gone. I'll come over and fix it. 
So, well, I mean, I just installed a ceiling fan two weeks ago uh, in Sadie's room. So I'm, we've already ordered another one. Like it's you fried. And you think for sure it's all for the way fried just because of that? The Did fan you? won't even come on now. So uh, like it's not even. Tripped. I went and checked the breaker. No breaker uh, trip. I'm just hoping I didn't do some irreparable damage into the wiring or something up into the ceiling. So, but uh, <laughs> that couldn't happen, Johnny. No, It'll be houses fine. don't burn down. You'll be no, fine. No, everything's, everything's fine. Be just great. So I ended up in the spare bedroom where we have Sadie's stuff set up, and it was like just a wall behind me. Uh, but uh, oh, so right now I'm in the bedroom. And stuff. That'd have been a fun thing for a live stream. Do <laughs> you want to explain yeah. that unicorn, John? Aren't we all like unicorns, really? Don't we're, we? We're all so have special a... and rare to God. Oh my goodness, we're that's so true. We we fly around. No, that's a Pegasus. Sorry. Yeah, that's, a, you've got your all. You've yeah, got your bad. mythology, all. <laughs> mythology to me has always been my Achilles hip. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good, Johnny. Yeah. It's good. You still got it, man. Don't let this quarantine get you down. You still got it. You think so? I don't know. Hey, are you, are y'all canning in laughter for your, uh, comedy podcast? We're not. We're just going to let it rip and just see what happens. Uh, we're not going to go find old episodes of I Love Lucy and grab audio from that, if that's what you mean. Like, So you're, um, you're like literally right now looking for LOLs. Like they mean something. We watch those hearts. And, and, we watch those laugh emojis and we live off those. That's our currency now. <laughs> if someone is laughing hard, think about this. If they could put the heart or the right. laughing emoji into the stream, could they really be laughing that hard? Like, I want them to be laughing so hard that they can't they find can't, the button. They can't even get to it. Yeah. Marty, my buddy Marty did a video for uh, a Zoom call for a company, and uh, it was like 12 people in boxes, and he told them right off the bat, he's like, I'm not going to be able to tell if you're laughing, so I want you to just raise your hand if you're <laughs> laughing so that I can just see as I go for the timing purposes. So wow. he would do a joke and there'd be whatever. And then there'd be one guy folding his arms and he'd have to like focus on that guy. He said he did a bunch of crowd work. It was weird. Wow. Wow. He just focused on the one guy folding his arms. It was like, all right, what's it going to take? Bob from corporate, you know? <laughs> and uh, I don't know. He, uh, uh. But yeah, that'll be a weird new thing because I, uh, I got asked about doing those too for, I think it was for like a, a radio group, a Christian radio. They're trying to do something for their folks and uh a booker called me about that hey would you be willing to do this and i said whatever it is yes you know but i mean yeah. there's no way to know if it'll be any good it'll just be like we don't i'm not turning down work right now <laughs> so yeah yeah but, yeah audiences are kind of important for comedy but uh i mean there's certain comedy you can do um without an audience and i'm trying to figure that whole thing out like do some concept videos like what we do for the we used to do for the church maybe or Stuff like that. Just try to figure out. But then again, we don't. I, there's no way to get together and record them with a crew and with, you know, yeah. other actors. You have to do it all yourself. So, we'll yeah, see. we're having we're having some because we're trying to do some remote like collaborative things church wise. Yeah, we, we we really went down the rabbit hole of of music, having people you know record multiple tracks. But you really do hit the wall of each person's respective technological either knowledge or their acquisition of equipment. Yeah. Like you got to have certain stuff and you really can't get anything fast right now via Amazon and you can't go out and get it. So if you didn't already have an interface and a microphone, like didn't you tell me yesterday, like all the webcams are sold out yeah, all right the now? Good webcams that I would use now to do my thing. Cause I don't want to use the webcam on my computer, which is what I'm using now. It's just, mm -hmm. there's just better quality out there. But yeah, you, you needed two months lead time to go get the stuff that you needed. Cause now it's all gone. 
I was yep. I was thinking like podcast equipment's probably gone. It's like a toilet paper, which I found out the toilet paper thing. Did you hear this story? The whole mm. idea that people were hoarding toilet paper is wrong. That's a whole really? wrong. It's a misconception. The reason toilet paper is out of control and why it's all gone is because we have two different kinds of toilet paper industries in this country. We have commercial use and we have home use and they're made at totally different mills evidently. And home use is having such a run because people are stuck at home. Think about how many times you go to the bathroom in another place that's not your home. Sometimes I get in the car just for that purpose, just to go somewhere else. You go somewhere else, blow their bathroom up. (laughs) Don't trouble your wife with it. What I'm saying is there is, there is none of that happening now. So all that's being bought is home use. And so it's just the fact that we're not like, you know, people that go to the the bathroom at their jobs, there are no jobs, you know, like that. You're working from home. So that's what caused the shortage, not people buying like cases at a time. Like I never really saw that. I never really saw people overbuying. And yet there was all this myth. So I don't know, maybe some of that happened, but I think it's, you know, they're, they're, I don't know, this article just kind of tried to, and I know it's, a you know, we're, we're everybody talking about toilet paper now, but I'm just saying I wanted to add some clarity Get off Charmin's back. It's not their fault. I saw a commercial for Cottonelle where they're like, we're making more. We will stop you. And I was like, dude, it's like you're lying. I, it's like a political ad. We it. will defeat this. <laughs> it's morning again in America. You know, I did have a thought, Johnny. Uh, downstairs in our staff, we talked about so many times. I wrote a book for John Kerry when he came on staff called Letters to the Other John. And it yeah. was like all of my youth ministry, whatever, at that point. Right. So. And well, obviously, the paper thing is, it's like people are going to the other John instead of, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you took away my joke. Anyway, um, John, no, I was like, we have 2000, we have 2000 copies downstairs and I always want to throw them away. Yeah. And no. Andrew's always like, no, no, we'll find somewhere to donate them. And nobody wants uh-uh. them because they're completely obsolete. Let's be honest. They're I mean, I'm obsolete. in there. Great writing in there, John. I read some of that well, book. It's great. There may be great writing, but it's like. It's kind of well before the, 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 I don't know. Anywho, I was like, guys, we found a use now for Letters of the John. Everyone take a copy home, rip out a page, man. And we're done. Yeah. There go you go. The I other, am helping the shortage. Go to the other John. And yeah. <laughs> go to the other John. We took toilet paper f- so much for granted, don't you think? We oh. just, we didn't know what we had. It was a simpler time, Johnny. Uh, when no. you could just have all the toilet paper you wanted. People. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Just to roll around in it on the bed and stuff, just big piles. Absolutely, oh, it was great. It was currency. It was currency. Yeah. We'd pay. We'd say how many? How many rolls? And they'd say yeah. five, and you'd be like, "I'll give you four. You talk. Yeah. Oh, oh, everyone right loved it. <laughs> negotiation was a big deal in the toilet paper industry trade. Wait, the now, like uh, the problems that we're having that are coming from this. It affects so many areas, and some of the problems that we're having we could never have perceived. Like, who would have thought? A virus could yeah. cause uh, gun ownership to go up. Like people yeah. are freaking out, and here's the here's the here's the indirect cause. They're starting to release people from prisons. Have you heard this? Uh huh. Because they're afraid of prison populations getting infected and just like it being you know whatever. Yep. They'll all be on ventilators or whatever. So they're like releasing people. So now people are like, there's dangerous criminals out in my neighborhood. So they're all freaking out, gripping their guns tighter. So it's like, are we going to have random break-ins because of? Corona. The other one is, I saw this, I knew it was going to happen when they started requiring masks. Hey, Laura. They start requiring masks. She, she can't hear you. Okay. They start <laughs> requiring masks. And I was like, this is going to be weird. And sure enough, there was a picture in the paper yesterday or on the news. It was a lady who was shoplifting 
from Target. And as she was leaving, she's wearing her mask, as is public requirement right now. You're supposed to wear a mask, but they can't identify her now. Oh, wow. So they're like, we just gave everybody bank robber masks. Absolutely. And it's going to be weird if you don't have one. So, yeah, if you go into Target, just take what you want. All they can see is your eyes. You know, well, I'm really glad you just out. told all of our listeners how to do that. We have a high criminal population listening. I'm pretty sure. Right. I'm not encouraging. I'm just saying, like, this is the weird unintended consequences of, like, freaking out about a public health crisis is shoplifting is going to go up and culpability for that shoplifting is going to go down. Yeah. Wow. You know, and the way my brain works, the other day I was getting out of the car and I was thinking, should I lock my car or should I not? And I thought, you know, well, and I started thinking about my house. Like, how, is my house more secure during this crisis or less? So to your point about buying guns, I thought to myself, you know, I bet all the criminals are home too. And yeah. they don't want to get sick and die. So it's odds are they're not going to come into my house. I could be infected, you know? Like, yeah. dude, that that's your weapon right there. We should put signs out like, do not enter coronavirus inside. And, you know, whether you, I don't know, I'm just thinking... Yeah. Or you could just lock your doors and set your alarm. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I thought I thought it through a little bit, uh, you know, how was it working? So The coronavirus is a weapon. So, yeah, you're like, you're right. You, are, you, are you better off with that than a gun? Who knows? But you, you, they, you know, An intruder comes in, you're like, hey, stop right there, you know, or I will sneeze. I mean, like, you know, you have yeah. like this this power you know, to project. Hold them at so, bay with like a booger on the end of your finger. Stand back. Do not come within six feet of me if you know what's good for you. I guess. Uh, or in two weeks, you're going to start having symptoms or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really bad when you so, try to yeah. actually follow through on the thread. <laughs> you'll be sneezing and probably okay. Yeah, you'll probably um, be fine. It'll probably just be like the worst cold you've ever had, but who knows? Right. It'll stop <laughs> old, old cat burglars. Like they're just like, maybe it's time to hang it up. You know, <laughs> I'm too old for this game. Well, they can just apply for unemployment now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so it's like get that small right. business loan that's forgivable, you know? I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Are I don't know. Doing? We, we need to, we, we, obviously, guys, we're not criminologists. I'm not really we're sure not, what this is doing. We're not anyologists. No. No, no we're not. not at all. But it's okay. So yeah. you didn't put a cool Zoom background up. You just have your random room, and I just have my random storeroom where I keep my merch and stuff. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, Johnny. Backgrounds you can add that where it looks like you're, you've got it more together. This podcast came together really like haphazardly. Like I just ran to the church. And so when I did, I wore a mask mm-hmm. and everything in my pockets, like I can't, I disinfected, I had to redisin. I took one key and just redisinfected it. You just poured well, Purell no, down I took, there? No, I took it out as I was leaving the church. I disinfected everything in the parking lot before I went back into my car. So I'm keeping the two spaces, but I had yeah. to go get a stand and a few things. Such a weird, just such a weird world, you know. Um, so I barely got it all put together here. It's, it's. Um, I got to shoot some video. I know you're doing some video. I got it. My publisher called, you know, and they really are encouraging, and so is my publicist, really encouraging, you know, for me to do some kind of video work for the endorsement right now because it's such a encouraging kind of funny thing for them. So I'm, I'm writing a little bit and trying to get some video stuff together to just start doing you, a couple. You've got a tiger by the tail, bro. You've got the book. In the crisis about yeah. being stuck indoors, I mean, yeah. if I was a conspiracy theorist. Mm. I would say, is it a man-made virus, and was it man-made by a teaching pastor at a church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee? Has John traveled to China anytime recently? And the answer is, I don't no. think so. No, unless I'm so sick I can't remember. Because he's a teaching um, pastor, you can't afford you can't afford to go right. to Wuhan. No, I don't have. I did go to Disney and went through China there at the. Epcot or whatever. Yeah, it's really Festival good. Festival of Nations. Food. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. I ate some food, but I don't again. I don't think any of that would have helped. No this bat. Conspiracy. No, you didn't have any. 
I feel really weird about this, and I actually communicated this to some of the people I'm working with. Yeah. I, I really want to find a way to give the book away for at least a season. I really don't want – by the way, the book is available for less than $5 right now, paperback, on Amazon. That's um, a value, John. Because so, I mean, they've I already remember, discounted I paid $15 each for the ones that I bought from you to give to my relatives. And, and by the way, I didn't even know – I didn't know. What did you pay me with? I, I paid you with Venmo. Or Square Cash or whatever, and then you it may were like, still be in my account. I, don't I even, just thought I gave it to you. You were like, "Well, what's this even for?" And I was like, "It's yeah." I thought it was your Christmas present. Yeah, and then I went and bought you a Christmas you present. Cash for Christmas. <laughs> <That's> so dumb. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like, think we did that anymore. And then I go, already had you. Cash. I had you yeah, a book or something. Anyway. Like, hey, can I get that cash back? Because I had no but, idea. This <laughs> coming. So like, hey, uh, remember that seventy-five dollars? I'm gonna need that back. Well, what I did was, as I had you a book or whatever just to give yeah. to you, and, I, and then I went and bought a gift card because it wasn't as much as your seventy-five dollars. It's like well, I didn't add to this, you know, this guy. No, but um, the deal is, I think I'm going to say that I wish our listeners knew. Like, I don't make money off of Amazon sales. Like, I, I received Johnny. I'm going to confess. Yeah, I've written twenty-four books. I've received one real royalty check. Now, yeah. advance checks are different. They pay you in advance. Royalties are after it's paid back the advance right. and it's selling well enough and you get like this small I mean yeah, I'm talking like less than what, less yeah. than 3% made kind a of profit thing. on the book yeah and it's 3% of the profit mm-hmm. so like it's not 3% of the retail so it's whatever whatever so if if they sold it to Costco they might have sold to Costco it's $15 retail they sold it to Costco for 6 Do you want to put a donate so, link up John is that what you're trying to do You're do making you a so my whole point is like music? You got to make a, you got to sell a lot of books to get, I got one royalty check yeah. in the history of my career. And you know what's hilarious about that? It was a mistake. Oh, really? Public, I don't even know how it happened to this day. The what publisher the sent John me Driver? a check. No, they just somehow messed up in their numbers, sent me a check and it was very kind. I called my agent. And he was like, yeah, this is not right. I know the numbers in that book. And the publisher's like, oops. It was, I mean, it's crazy. They sent me a check. They're like, well, we'll just apply it to any future royalties. It's like, God, joke's on y'all. I've never got a royalty check. So yeah. anyway. That's so great. my point is, if so I promote on Amazon, because I can't put all that into a video and be like, "Hey, look, uh, y'all can go buy my book, and I won't make any money off of it." Like, you know, that just sounds—it's no. just too much. So, well, so yeah. yeah, give it away, and and the be- thats the best thing, you know. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Uh, what you got? You got to give it to your mama. What you got? You got to give it to your papa. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a family thing. You do a little dance, and you drink a little water. Anyway. <sighs> Um, Anthony Kiedis knew what was up. He knew. Oh my goodness! Such a time as this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, man. And it's, like I said, it's a great, uh, it's a great, it's a timely, it's a timely book, John. I just and, feel weird. I don't want to hawk something right now. I just don't want to be like, look, I know your life's falling apart. Well, here, buy this like, book. Well, there's no way to not make it feel like you wrote it just for this. <laughs> you know, like you put it together the last week. Yeah, <laughs> well, like it came out last year. You yeah. know, it's like. But you don't but, want to say it's too old. Yeah. Because then people are like, well, I don't want to. That's you know. about the time this virus probably came out, too, though, for honest. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm telling you, have you ever seen me and the coronavirus in the same place at the same time? Uh huh. Uh huh. I submit you have not. So I don't. Did you know. see the thing where this person named their twins Corona and COVID? I did see this. That can't I can't be real, right? Deeply. No, I think it is. I'm, I'm deeply so offended. Sad. What are we doing as a culture? It's a, it's a weird. Yeah. You know, you do feel like that people should have some, you know, I don't know, screening process before they 
get to name a child. Like, look, I get it. You can have a child, but before you get to name them, there should yeah. be some sort of, you should have to you should go get through like, TSA give me, three name, give me three names and we're going to choose the name. Give me three names <laughs> that you would choose and we are going to choose right. for you. And if three of them are so hideous, you're going to ruin someone's life, then yeah. we're, we're going to help. We're going to serve yeah, it's you well. Based on something that you like, you're a fan of or whatever. You're like, you don't get to name your child Dwight Schrute Smith. Like, you don't you get don't to get do that. It. We're not going to allow it. Nope. As a hospital, nope. we have, you know, we have credibility in the community and we refuse that name. Yeah. But by the no. way, did you see Tanya Harding? Speaking of names, did you see Tanya Harding the other day on the, is it the general insurance commercial? No. Dude, you should, I mean, like, it's just like she's the spoke. No, she's like not. She's, she she's is. The spokesman for the general now? I don't think it's the general. What's the other I one? It National Shaq. insurance? It's uh, one of the lower. One of the it's one of the, yeah, one of the, you're barely legal by right. having this insurance. Yeah. You need liability insurance. And she's like walking through an office. It's it's really not well done. And it's kind of like she's kind of making fun of the fact that she committed a major criminal act. And you never know how life's going to go. And sometimes you make mistakes. <laughs> and now, now somebody takes a pipe to your knee. And I was just like, man, here's the deal. I don't judge. Like, I'm totally can't imagine her trying to get work to feed her family. You know, I mean, yeah, she's probably, paid, kind of a, she's probably paid her price at this point. Yeah, It's kind of hard to come back from, you know, and, and I don't want all of my mistakes from my youth to be hanging all over people my head. You hit with pipes in the knee. Right. I mean, dude, it, let's be all honest. If you count youth, all of those youth pastors that you were like, Hey, go get him. If I had a dime for every, by the way, we saw the other day, uh, y'all used to try to make, we can't say his name, a rival youth pastor for me. If you remember this or not. Oh, yeah. So when I had, when I had ignition seven, there was another guy and some of our kids would go to his youth group and stuff and he'd make <laughs> videos and they always, you guys would always call it ignition eight, ignition you know, eight. Like, just one, one better. better. <laughs> and so I saw his name the other day and I was like, ignition eight. Like I said, you know, my wife was like, I think John's uh, having yeah. a mental break. She didn't know what it meant, but uh, yeah. I was talking about that. The rivalries are real in ministry if you let them be, Johnny. They are. Yeah, and that's true comedy too. I mean, you. I was talking to somebody last night and they said that they were like, uh, I was talking about how I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the next couple of months. And they were like, well, I just assumed that you were doing great. And I was like, well, actually, no. You know, they yeah. were like, I just, I guess you just always think that other Somebody else that's in comedy or whatever in the same field as you are like, oh, they're probably sitting pretty, though. They probably got savings. They probably got it. They're all set. And I was like, well, actually, no, it's complicated. But no, I'm I'm floating along like everybody else. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But you always kind of picture in your mind that somebody else has it together a little more than you or, or oh, they're yeah. uh, they're not going through as hard or, or you know, they have a, a more peace or more confidence than you, et cetera, whatever. Never and true. Sometimes you talk to people and they do. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow. It's, yeah, but uh, those are the ones that never would throw it in your face, though. Those are the ones that just like have a way about themselves and you're just like, I want to be like that guy. But it's usually like they're humble about it. It's not a, you know, <laughs> they they throw because if they throw it in your face all the time, how much better they are, then there's something else going on usually behind the scenes, you know. Oh, they got to bring it up. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that it, it is a a wise thing to whatever it is, to you really begin to evaluate your assumptions. Like it's most of us don't even think through, evaluate your especially comparison-based assumptions. Yeah. Like what do you really think about those around you, whether it's a, another mom that you see on Facebook or whether it's another dad, you know, that, or another uh, working person in your industry, you know, right. another minister. Like those whole like 
the comparisons are so deeply embedded, I think, in the way culture works because of television, social media. I think it's already human nature. I don't, I don't think it's always been there. Um, I'm always reminded of that, that story in the Bible that, that gets me of um, the uh, at the end when Jesus had, before he ascended, he, he just had been raised from the dead. And he's talking to Peter and John, and he's having that whole do you love me, Peter, conversation by, you know, over the fish breakfast there at the, at the lakeside. And it's, you know, that, that's a great, um, amazing, you know, dialogue between them. And, uh, he tells Peter basically how he's going to die someday, you know, like, Hey, some days you're going to stretch out your hands and someone's going to take you a place you don't want to go. I mean, like, and, and John, even the narrator says, you know, he is telling Peter that you're going to end basically a mart with a martyr's death. You know, he's, he's foretelling that. Yeah. And Peter like takes it upon himself uh, to go, well, what about John? You know, what, what do you, what, how is he going to die? Basically? Like he immediately just heard he was going to die. Yeah. And his first thought is, I wonder what's going to happen to that guy, you know, like compared to what's going to happen to me. And so Jesus says, well, what is it? What is it to you if I let him live forever and not die? You know, and you do what I've told you to do, but I'm paraphrasing this, Johnny. I'm not quoting it directly. It's so, translation. And of course, the narrator, who is John, says, and so a lot of people have claimed that Jesus was saying, I would never die. It's not at all what he said. And so he's clearing it up, you know, kind of towards the end of his life, that that was not the promise. The, the, the whole point of the conversation was we just default to whatever's happening to us to look around at the people who are comparatively in our sphere, whether it's again through parenting or through financial things, through, you know, whatever it is. And, and to just try to figure out how or how our um, situation compares to theirs. And it is a, I mean, to me, I don't know how it is for you. It is a, it's a daily battle. I, I think in my recovery and I think in my process, it's a, it's a little easier, but I certainly still have, I told my group, my region small group the other night, like th- there's still some wounds in me, uh, you know, related to my comparison to others, especially in ministry, because I, I still can't sometimes not see some quantifiable elements as God's stamp of approval. Yeah. I feel God's stamp of approval on a lot of areas of my life. It, you know, just in my, when I'm, when I'm with him, when I'm talking with him, I, I see God do blessings or bring blessings in ways that I can't deny. Mm-hmm. I've seen him save family members' lives. And there's some family members have died. I mean, like, it's not like he owes me that, but I, I see those gifts when they come and I understand what that is. And then there are certain certain areas of my life that I still, it's so comparison-based. Like, yeah, I'm still not, though, successful there. And the way I know that is by looking at others in my generation or in my time who are successful there. And so that comparison thing is, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard thing to to get out of and to think differently about. Well, it's even happening now, you know, now that people are, the people who had a, a more stable, like they already had online services, they already had it kind of together. Now the churches who maybe didn't have all the gear and all the savvy, the tech savvy stuff, they're feeling less than right now in this season, yeah. probably, you know? Oh yeah. But honestly, I feel like the services is probably the least important thing the churches could be doing right now. There's so many people who are alone, they're panicked. I feel like all that follow up and and looking after people who are 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 insecure, food insecure and yeah. income insecure. I mean, I feel like that's what the church is doing that's important right now. And the service is like this thing that we have to keep going because we want to feel like we're gathering together still. We're still keeping that momentum going, but I feel like if that's your main focus is like let's talk about this all day every day. 
how are we going to look good on Sunday still? Yeah. It's a, that's a little bit missing the mark to me. I had exact talk with some of our staff this morning of like, and, and, and that's been the good thing about, you know, we have failed at so many things over the years in the last several years, it's become apparent to us what being the church, at least the pathway to try to pursue being the church better. It doesn't mean we do it right or we get it right, mm-hmm. but a lot of our, and we still do a lot of programming and those things, but shifting our energies away from events. And I don't mean events, putting on events is great. I mean, like, look, our central energy should be put on being and making disciples. And so, yes, you'll spend your whole life defining those two things. Like that's, that's enough work right there. How, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we're going to be evaluated or how we're going to evaluate ourselves is no longer by, again, this is where, this is where I get out of the quantification mindset and the comparison. I'm not, we are going to evaluate how the services go. We are going to evaluate how we spoke, how we sang, how we did all those things. We're going to evaluate our true effectiveness as ministers and as a church leadership team by how well or not well we were being and making disciples. And that has, you, you got to be very careful about the evaluation because we're not talking about, you know, judgmentalism and, and we're not talking about legalism. We're talking about, hey, you know, what can we look at? And, and if you asked every Christian that question, the, the hard part is they all answer it differently. Yeah. You know, one thinks going to church is is being and making a disciple well. One thinks posting on Facebook is making disciples. Uh, one thinks that, you know, being political is making disciples, you know, or being faithful to their political opinion or whatever. We got a lot of watchdogism, you know, like it's my job to, to you know, sniff out the global conspiracy before right. anyone else. That's I'm, me the, being I'm the gatekeeper, right. I'm protecting right. I'm protecting the true gospel from the people who have it wrong. Right. And so, like, we just simplified and started realizing to us, look, that's okay. Everyone gets to think whatever they want to think, and that's not our job. To those who commit to one another within this body, we're going to all try to figure out what we think the best biblical definition is. And it's a constant moving. It's really not that much of a moving target. It's us that's moving towards the target. Like, okay, this is actually a lot simpler when you look at the authenticity, you know, when you look at the honesty, you confess your sins to God for forgiveness, but you confess one to another for healing. James five sixteen, you know, the healing in life comes from a life of confession to one another in a safe place, getting over the fear of that, um, you know, it, 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 just breaking into it. That, again, like I said, that's a lot of energy yeah. that, that I could redirect to doing what I did for a lot of my life. And that is today I could be writing the most uh, theologically deep posts that make sure everyone out there, like you said, stays on track somewhere and pointing out, because I see all kinds of things happening that are scary to me or theologically unaligned to me, just in, in, and I want to address them. And maybe there's a time to, here's what I do know though. I haven't yet done a very good job of being and making disciples. And yeah. So until I do, <laughs> like, I think the day may come that I'm doing a better job of that, but I'm going to try to focus my energy and our staff energy less on the service point yeah, and yeah. more on just being that and let God take care of the rest. I did see a pastor friend of mine, uh, who posted, uh, he's a speaker and pastor and he posted a thing that I thought was so funny. He said, I noticed all the prophets are pretty quiet right now that said 2020 is going to be your year. <laughs> like all the people who are like posting all this, like it's going to be about profitability. It's going to be about success. And like, they're all like, look, we don't know. We don't know. What's gonna happen. <laughs> like nobody's saying, nobody's saying anything like that now. I'm such a, I told you so kind of guy. That's a big part too of my problem, Johnny. Yeah. Look, it's not because I want to be right or anything like that. I just want people, whenever you did that, if you've been living your Christian life, just, I'm sorry, I'm going to just say this. I'm reading all kinds of conspiracy theories from Christians right now about things. 
And you know what? Things could, they, they could be right. They very well could be. Here's what I do know. They're not, they don't have a lot of, of probably reliable sources. Yeah. And there's going to be no way for them to know. You're just not, I'm sorry, you're just not in the White House or you don't work for World Health Organization. You don't like. Who? Uh, World Health Organization. Who now? Oh, nice. I got you. Sorry. Ah, Johnny. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a Abbott and Costello. <laughs> it was, yeah. Who's on it's first? Like, <laughs> oh, John. That's good. That's I'm good. sorry. Listen, World Health. We apologize. Uh, yeah. uh, it's Actually, so, it's whom? It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's great. Um, I need you to send this to the who. Actually, it's to whom. It's that's great. To whom? Yeah. Um, but, but what I want to do is, is I want to say, look, maybe you're right. But I, mm-hmm. if this has been your pattern for like the last five years, like you just always are freaking out about something, I want you to be responsible to have to go back to every time you cried wolf yeah, yeah. On, a, on all those other things and at least call out the fact, like go be as bold about your attractions as you are about the things you're putting out mm-hmm. and just go and say, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah. Back when I said, and, and go they into can always it. Say, I, but they can always say like, because I called them out, it didn't happen. <laughs> or, or it happened and they covered it up, you know, yeah. the, whoever they may be. That's the thing about conspiracies is you always have that back door of, of you know, you can retreat to that position of like, well, look, I mean, of course, of course that's what they're going to say. Right. Right. But it's like when you said we're all going to be dead or Jesus is going to come back in three years and it's been seven years. Like, I want you to go, you know what? I I forgot to carry the four. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it may be. Like, you know, that happened when we were kids. Remember the book that said uh, 88 reasons why Jesus returned in 1988? You would have been how old? Uh, I was old enough to be in school, and it was three cloudy days, and they said it was going to happen, and I was terrified because yeah. I thought the clouds were going So there was a book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus, Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. It was by, I think the guy's name was Ed Wisenant, I think was the name of the guy who wrote this book. I can't, I, can't believe that, I can't believe I remember the guy's name, but we knew that book. We weren't, I don't know if we believed it or not, but everybody was kind of like, well, I mean, look, he... And then I remember the funniest thing about it, which is so funny now that you're an author because this is just shows the the marketing mindset. Do you remember what he did when he didn't come back? He wrote in 89. He wrote a book about he missed it by one year. He acted like he didn't carry the one or something. It was just so funny. And people bought that book, too. Like some people did. They were like, "Okay, it's 89 now. So he probably parlayed. Well, number one, the dude had to be a bestseller out of the gate, and then yeah. he probably parlayed that into another huge advance. And he's probably lived off that money the rest of his life, no problem. I mean, it's crazy. Um, no, I just again, it's just for me, it's some principle. Like, guys, it's cool. Maybe you're right. If you've been wrong a bunch of times, maybe you're not. Like, you know, like there's right. some humility to it to go. It's okay to say I'm not right about everything. I mean, that's the life of confession. It's the life of saying, oh, I I could have made better. I could have been a better disciple. (laughs) I didn't get all that right. I was too works-based. You know, I was too event-driven. I was too comparison-based. Like, I mean, I don't know. And there'll be a hundred other things that comes up with those, with with, with that journey for me. But Ed Wisenant was a former NASA engineer, did not know this about him, and a Bible student who predicted the rapture would occur in 1988, somewhere between September 11th and September. He's predicted September 11th, bro. Wow. That's kind of weird. I never realized that. I knew it was September, but it was about wow. Rosh Hashanah. It was to fall on the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah. That's what he thought. So it was going to be on that. Wasn't it like the, the 50th of 50 year jubilees yeah, or whatever? All, yeah. Sort of cycle. yeah. And, and I do did. believe that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. He wrote that, and uh, and he wrote a book called On Borrowed Time, and then he wrote the 89 Reasons Why. Wow. <laughs> 88 Reasons Why He Will, and One Reason Why I Was Wrong by One Year. <laughs> Come on out. 
Man. I'm trying to think of who, uh, who did I hear the other day where they said it was some very, very famous theologian was asked, you know, well, tell me your thoughts on the book of Revelation. And the guy said, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, it was awesome. It was like, yeah, man, we need more of that. Can we just say, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's important. It's God's word and there's things for us to glean from it. And I don't have a conclusion for you of Uh what all it means. Like what a, what a, I think helpful. (laughs) Yeah. I have a lot of people in my life that I've never heard them say, I don't know. They, when you Mm. say something, they immediately act like they knew, uh, or they have a strong opinion about what the other person is doing wrong or what they would do if they were in that situation. But, but that there's people in my life that just, I've never heard them say the words, I don't know. Yeah. And you just, and it's, those are the least pleasant people to be around. (laughs) Uh, If you're honest, it's just, that's not a, they think they're being reassuring, but it's so arrogant. Yeah. You know? And I just, I think the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm an, I don't know guy a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you remember those fireside chats I used to do with the kids? Of course, you and, and President we, Kennedy. Yeah, me. I tell you, actually, gosh. that was FDR. Oh, was it? I thought Kennedy yeah. did a fireside chat. He might. FDR started fireside chats. So, so you're saying Kennedy ripped it off? God, you have a lot of accusations oh, on the mind today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to do a thing with the kids where yeah. they would have questions, and I would just take a whole night. But there was, was no fire. Cool. Well, if that was the idea. I'd put a fire on the screen. It was a, you know, it was it was like a FDR. Fake hey, you asked, fire. And they would ask all kinds of stuff about, you yeah. know, uh, suicide or about depression or about end times or about purity. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of, a lot of the questions I, I, I tried to set in my mind and it scares me now to think I did that that long ago, but I, you know, there's knowledge. And what I used to say is this, Hey, if they ask a real hard one, I go, let me just start. First answer. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like I wanted to be faithful to say that. Secondly though, let me give you three or four scriptures and ideas of what I've read, other people who might think about it, they're opposing viewpoints. You know, one mm-hmm. thinks this, one thinks that. And it's okay to not know. Like, I think living in mystery, like the idea they're not supposed to live in some sort of mystery, like mystery from God, his unsearchable ways. I'm thinking of all the scriptures. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth. It's not like a small high away from us. It's, it's like a great distance. Mm-hmm. God is that, he's, he's so far ahead of what you're thinking. And yet he's revealed through Jesus, the Bible says, and through the gospel, this plan hidden from the beginning of time, meaning everybody up to the point of Christ, they weren't let in on the plan like it was hidden. It was even hidden from the disciples. This is Easter week, you know. It was hidden from the disciples. I read the other day where uh, Jesus told them, I'm going to go into Jerusalem. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. And three days later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise from the dead. Yeah. Like he just straight up tells them. And they all, and the Bible says they said to each other, but they could not understand what it was he was saying. Well, they literally, he just, one time he didn't speak in parables to them. They were like, I don't get it. You know, and he was just telling them straight. They thought, they thought it was a parable. They thought it was something metaphorical mm-hmm. and it was like literal. And even when it happened, they still didn't remember it until later because it was hidden from them. And so you start thinking like, look, the stuff we do know, God has gone to great lengths to help us have a revelation or a revealing what it is. And it's, and it's a lot. And it's like, you spend your life, you know, growing and learning in those things. It's going to spend your life learning to be courageous enough to share with, with other believers and spend your life learning not to hide, spend your life dealing with those things. And so, and then, but instead of that, we go and still try to like dive into all the stuff that's still hidden. Right. And he says that other things are hidden too, that I'm not going to let you know to the end. So it's just a, I'm all about, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. It's just, 
you know, Paul says this, you spend all of your time in endless disputes and genealogies, endless disputes and genealogies that have no answer. These circular arguments, you know, these circular places. And I feel like that's just so much of our Christian world because it distracts us yeah. from having to really deal with the fact that am I, am I today like truly growing as a disciple of Jesus? Am I loving others in, in a way that Christ loves me? Like it's, I'm not saying those are the only two things that we ever do, but scripture is clear until you're doing those two things, they should be your chief energy at least. And then maybe you can delve into some other mysteries. Plus we've been given the answers you saw left behind with Kirk Cameron. Like it's right, right. there out there for you. We've like, already go been watch told. those movies. It's pre-trib. Right. It's, There's a workbook yeah. that goes along with it probably. I guarantee yeah, you there are workbooks. A group discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, oh, Kirk Cameron. Boy. Somebody was saying Kirk Cameron uh, can't go live. Uh, I can't remember who posted his comedian friend. Kirk Cameron can't go live in this time because he smashed his computer in that movie, Fireproof. Remember he smashed <laughs> his computer? And uh, so he's got no computer to... <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> if you're listening, Kirk, we love you. Um, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I like growing pains. We do. Yeah, I like growing pains. Kirk's a good dude. Yeah. He he's a really good dude. I mean, I don't know him personally. But, uh, neither. Uh, he did uh, He did Potty Break with Tim Hawkins one time. Did he really? So, yeah, because Tim was in one of his movies. He he wrote a part. Uh, he wrote a part for Tim in one of his movies. Wow. And uh, he played like his goofy brother. I think he was a brother in the movie and Tim played a templated wow. goofy. Tim took acting classes and everything. So wow. It was a movie called Mercy Rule. I think it was about baseball, like little league maybe it was like church league baseball. I can't baseball. remember. Baseball. Yeah. You know. It's an allegory, yeah. John. Oh. Much like okay. some people think Revelation is. Well it, it this it one is. really was. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you well, believe I, there actually will be locust people and uh seven headed dragons. And here's what I know. Maybe there's one outside. Don't open your Maybe doors, guys. Dragon. I don't know. I don't know. I think it. I think that there. I, here's what I do know. I do think that the that the Bible is written in. It's, they're not. Someone I read, read this in book of the day. I can tell you what the Bible is not. It's not the New York the New York Times. It's right. not like this. Just in, like you know, especially you're dealing with ancient texts and in different cultures and like some they had different purposes. Some was poetry, poetic, poetic prose, and and yeah, so, some is, and they're all. I believe inspired by God and and fruitful for life. It's not it's not to discard them, but to have some sort of context to realize it, that. And I love that this is what we've been telling our church lady, church lately, not our church lady. I've been telling this church lady all the time. <laughs> you've been telling uh, the church lady. That's an old <laughs> character that you've been talking yeah. to. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we tell our church like, hey, everything in scripture. It may not be prescriptive. Some of it is descriptive. Yeah. It's a different time for a different person, and it's valuable to your life. It'd be good for you to know, though, right. that what God told the Israelites to do as they're journeying through the wilderness for 40 years and how to keep their tent clean is not a situation you live in, and yeah. you're not under Jewish law. You know, so like you have to realize it may not be all prescriptive because you saw it. So right, and some people read it. That's used. God catches all your tears in a in a jar. I've kept all your tears. I mean, do we really believe that that's, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, what is it? It's obviously right. poetic. Yeah, you're looking for the meaning, the deeper meaning of it is that he like, cares about he cares about your sorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's aware of it. Doesn't forget like, you about get to it. And the first thing you ask, hey, where's the big jar of tears? Like that's not necessarily hey, your first question. Give me some scuba gear and go to the bottom of that sea of forgetfulness where I can yeah. find all the stuff that you put down there on the on the ocean floor right. with audio drilling song. You know that audio drilling ocean floor, the song of the nineteen nineties Christian wise was yeah. voted the song of the decade. 
you know that apparently, I don't know if this is just folklore, but if it is, it's very obscure for folklore that only people who listen to old Christian music would know, but that they didn't want that song on the record, the producers. I love stories like that. You're like, like, that was not a keeper. Oh, it's so great. I love stuff like that where you didn't, you don't, you had to fight for something to get on. And then, um, I mean, this isn't in the Christian music world, but like, um, when they were making Wayne's world, uh, um, Mike Myers became kind of famous in Hollywood circles for being difficult to work with. And the, one of the reasons is he had different ideas for gags in the movie and, they would come along a studio exec would come along and be like, no, we want to use this song. One of them was the car ride scene where they played Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Yeah. He had that idea in his mind from since when he was playing street hockey with his friends and he, he wanted, he had certain songs that were just so funny in the way that they yeah. changed dynamics. And he thought it'd be so funny for them to headbang to that song. And they came in, they wanted to put a new, the newest Guns N' Roses song because the Guns N' Roses just released a new record. They were like, we've got a deal with this record label. We want to put a Guns And he goes like, no, it's not funny. They go, yeah, but you're just headbanging. That's the whole point is you're headbanging. He goes, no, we're headbanging to a song that's not a headbanging song. And we're getting like emotional in the emotional parts together. That's why it's funny. And these guys couldn't get it. And he goes, that was me. That was his heel to die. And he's like, I will quit. And he fought. Wow. And he was so, he was so beyond right. Yeah. That that song and all of Queen's catalog charted again after that movie. Some umpteen yep. years later, you were seeing yep. those songs back in the charts because of that movie. And the other song that he chose, which is one of the funniest songs ever, is a, is a song that the band, the 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 Asian girl sings, uh, Tia Carrera plays. She, they sing Ballroom Blitz. And it's such a mm-hmm. funny song, too. If you ever hear that song, that's a crazy funny song. But he just knew and he fought for those ideas. And so, But I love stuff like that of like, this almost didn't make the record or it would have been a totally different movie if we had not done this one thing and we barely did it. You know, after we tried three other things, we did this. And I love stuff like don't, that. Don't you fancy yourself when you do something that doesn't go over well? Like, you know what? They just don't, that's a weird lie. I don't know. I don't trust myself enough yeah, yeah. To, to have you die on. Like I need committees, you know, I'm around afraid me to make the wrong decision to be sure of myself is very scary because I, it's like, I'm the editor and the author and whatever of my show. But it, it's a that's a great place freedom wise, but it's also terrifying because you're like, if this fails, I have no one to blame but myself. You know, with yep. stand up, it's not there are no committees unless you put people around you that you can trust and say like. But even then, if they're not really comedians, you can't you can't take everything they say at face value because like even when you start out, there are people who, and this is probably true of preachers too, because you have people who mentor you. You know, when you're when you're starting to learn the Bible and you're starting to learn to preach, and you can learn a lot from them. But if you do nothing but do everything they say to do, you'll just be a carbon copy of that person. Right. You have to eventually find your own voice. Yeah. And comedy is definitely true that way. If you find somebody that's like a mentor and they go, you go, Hey, what would you fix about that joke? Well, if you just let them give you all their advice, your act is going to look like them. So you yeah. have to eventually like branch out and fail. You have to fail. I always feel, you know, I always tell Andrew when we're in a series together, like, you know what, if you're worried about saying it, like I said it last week, or if I'm worried about saying it, like you said it last week, the odds are we're different enough that we could both say it as close as we could try to the other one. And mm-hmm. it won't say anything the same. Yeah. So I think when you're diverse in a relationship, you can feel free to cover the same topics. You know, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have someone and you're collaborating on something in life and yeah, they're already like you or have a similar delivery or similar, similar thought process, then I could certainly see it. But I think for, you know, for a lot, well, of course we're, we're dealing with a prose type 
yeah. thing different when we're talking for 45 minutes instead of for 45 seconds, you know, so. But, yeah, um, and uh, this is this is one of those things, too, where we started, we didn't know what it was going to be, and now people are listening, and we're so grateful, but it's very long form, and uh, whereas what I do on stage is very get to the point, yeah. the least amount of words. This is way more verbose, and I'm just kind of, we're just spitballing and just speaking from the heart. And people like seem to like that too, which is cool. We got new, uh, we have new patrons over the past. We did. We actually gained several new patrons, and we're so grateful to you guys for that. Um, so cool. In, in yeah. I want to say this because we I have a friend who's a patron now, and he didn't do it to, to be a sponsor, but I want to I want to plug him anyway because he's such a cool guy, and he makes these cigar box lamps. He make he repurposes old cigar boxes and some other items. I think he does globes too, but he makes these lamps and he donates the proceeds to missions work. Oh wow! It's called Foothills Collective. So Google Foothills Collective uh, if you're listening, and go to his Etsy shop. And I mean, I'm telling you, I've bought so many of his lamps for Christmas presents, and every one I've ever gotten for somebody, they say it's the coolest thing they've ever gotten. I got one for Tim for his bus, Tim Hawkins. He's like, it's my favorite thing on the bus because wow. it's like you put the Edison bulb. It's just a very warm glow. It's not yeah. like the overbearing light. So it's the perfect like chill out lamp. And um, anyway, he makes all these things and he donates the proceeds. And uh, he's a, you know, he's a pastor himself at a church in Ohio. And uh, his name's Larry. He's awesome. So I want to say thanks to Larry. But go to Foothills Collective, find something from him, yep. buy something for your family. It's a great way to support him, support missions and support us. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure when you put those Edison bulbs in there that you have the right size bulb or you may explode the lamp and almost burn your house. Much like Edison did the first 400 times, probably. Mm. You're like Edison Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, John. I'm just like Edison minus the smarts and and all the stealing from Tesla. Right. <laughs> uh, we start our own conspiracy. Oh man, we like impugned it. the we impugned uh, Edison from beyond the grave. Sorry, but, uh, we do. Yeah, sorry about that. If you drive an Edison today, uh, no, but uh, hey, we are grateful for, for all of you who did. You know, uh, who become uh, sponsors in, on Patreon, and if, if you're thinking about that, and you can go. And um, we do know you guys have your own needs right now, and all the stuff going on. So uh, I do just encourage you. If you can, man, find and be, we have, we're, we're launching community groups, Johnny, yeah. right now. It's crazy. Um, and they've never met in person. It's like they're, they're meeting. And so like it's kind of like, yeah. And so, you know, Laura and I are long distance for a long time and you can actually build some really strong communication skills over this season. So I'll encourage yeah, you. The other person is hot. Is that what you're saying? John? <laughs> <laughs> you can really make long distance work if the other person is hot enough. And that's the kind of thing that we're injecting into community. Right into community. The deal was we didn't have Zoom back then. We had cell phones that still you still there was no yeah. unlimited plans. We actually were calling from landlines and sending oh, emails. Man. Remember those cards where you'd have to punch in them for a certain amount of minutes and Oh yeah. Remember on the road how you guys would always steal my phone and run the minutes up to my parents cut it off? My favorite one is finding the friend who didn't have a text plan. Because before people texted and every text cost 10 cents. So I would send my friend Brent texts all the time that just said 10 cents. <laughs> it's the most hateful thing that you can ever do. We just say Gosh, 10 that, cents. That's great. You'd be like, stop it, dude. I go 20 cents. <laughs> he can't block you. You're, no. no. It's just, next, it might be something important later. So oh, We would never block you, dear listener. Oh my goodness! And find no, us gonna... and share us and uh, leave a comment. If you leave a comment on your review, leave a review that helps other people find us because the algorithm pushes the ones that have reviews. So we've said that before, but I, I don't know if you guys know that. But if you leave an actual physical review, it helps uh, people other people to find the show because it gets a bigger push from the algorithm. 
and a lot of people listened in the month of March. It was one of our highest months ever. So turns um, out people being trapped in their home is the secret to our success. So right. once again, you're back. enriching yourself. You got the book. Now you got the podcast. Oh. You're an evil genius, dude. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm right now rolling around in piles of money <laughs> uh, or toilet paper because uh, yeah. I traded it all in. So. <laughs> hey, guys, we do appreciate you listening, though, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.